Welcome to the Marvelicious Toys Podcast. Hosted by the Astonishing Arnie, the Mighty Marjorie, and Captain Justin. Nah, just Justin. Join us at MarveliciousToys.com to find thousands of pictures of the items reviewed. Find links to our Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube pages, and much more. Marvelicious Toys, Volume 2, Issue 13, and this is Marjorie. This is Arnie Zola. <laughs> and this is Justin. Welcome to a concept episode of Marvelicious Toys. We're not going to be covering any news. We're not going to be doing any reviews. Instead, we are going to look back at the history of Marvel Legends, specifically Build-A-Figures. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is something that we've kind of been teasing and toying with for years. I mean... It just, every time we talk about a Build-A-Figure or a re-release, we're like, we should put something together and kind of just look at the whole breadth of the line that has happened over these years. I just want to start the show off by giving a huge shout out to Justin, who, if you can tell that these slides look better than usual, credit to him, <laughs> and doing all the footwork and handwork on this, doing all the graphic design, mousing like crazy. You know how hard it is to do graphic de design with your feet? It's not easy. <laughs> So why don't you walk us through this, Justin? What are we looking at here? Well, basically, we're going to look at the Hasbro line of Build-A-Figures. And when you're doing that, you can't ignore where it all started. And that's with Toy Biz. So when, when you look at everything that's come out and had a leg or a head or an arm to build a bigger Build-A-Figure, we're going to take a quick look at where it all started. But I think before we do that, I'm going to let you know that you can break this down into three eras. I would say the first era is where it all started, is with Toy Biz. That's where I first heard of Build-A-Figures, was seeing those on pegs in the early aughts. Right, and you know, I'm not sure if other lines did it or not, or maybe if they did, it just wasn't anything that caught my eye, but when, when they were doing Marvel stuff, I was definitely like, oh, that's, that's a cool idea, you get, get to make a big old huge figure by buying a whole wave of other ones. So yeah, I would say that's what kicked it all off, is the Toy Biz era from 2002 to 2006, and then followed up by Hasbro starting up in 2007 and going into 2009. And that's what I'm going to call the early Hasbro era. Because, yes, they continued the line. They had Build-A-Figures. But to me, it felt not necessarily like they were doing a ton of stuff at that time. And they were getting their sea legs. And I remember being at Toy Fair in that time. Six Inch wasn't where they were focused. They were all about the Marvel Universe figures, and those were so awesome. I really miss the MU line. You're right. That's exactly when the Six Inch line was kind of fading, and they came up with this idea of three and three quarter inch. I would say that was right around this time frame, 2007 to 2009. And actually, a little bit further than that, because what I'm going to let you know is that while the line didn't die in 09, it continued but it was no Build-A-Figure, it was no Waves. It was like special box sets, it was exclusives, it was two packs, but no Build-A-Figure concept until what I call the modern era, 2012 through our present time. And I just want to call out right from looking at this, that's the longest era by far. Toy Biz had four years. Your early Hasbro is two years. We are entering the eighth year of modern Hasbro. Yep. And to put that in perspective... That means modern Hasbro has run longer than the entire vintage line of Star Wars. Wow. Did I just blow some minds? <laughs> <laughs> A little bit, yeah. 
I mean, putting this together, I blew my mind a few times with a few stats, just because it's like, if I had to sit down and think about it, it's like, oh yeah, I mean, I feel like, yeah, the modern version of Marvel Legends has been around a long time. But if somebody asked me, quick, think, what's been around longer? Was Toy Biz around longer, or was Hasbro's involvement longer? My, my gut feeling would be like, Toy Biz, because they were the, the granddaddies, they were around forever. No, it was just kind of a blip in time that Toy Biz was doing it. Well, for Legends, I mean, obviously Toy Biz did toys in the five-inch scale for eight years before they got to the Spider-Man classics. I remember getting the first Spider-Man classic figure on a road trip to New York City exactly 20 years ago, Christmas 1999. A friend of mine and I are road tripping to New York, stop at Toys R Us, and I'm like, I really like this six-inch Spider-Man. He's like, I really like this six-inch Daredevil, and we each buy a Spider-Man classic on the way to New York for New Year's. Nice. So, okay, with that said, we've got our three eras. I would almost argue that those first two eras are basically something you could consider the David Vonner era, if you will. <laughs> Did he come from Toy Biz? Oh, yeah. Okay, I didn't realize. Yep. So much so that, like, even the, the War Machine figure was sculpted after him back there. So, yeah, Toy Biz, when you put the slide deck together, it blew my mind. Because when I thought about them, I mean, it was a great way to get larger figures out there. Figures you wouldn't get regular carded. I remember the Galactus and the Sentinel being the two that really captured my attention. But that they only did seven? Yeah, and that's exactly it. And that's going to be right there. I think you hit on the main difference between what Toy Biz was doing with Build-A-Figure concept and what Hasbro is eventually going to do. And what Toy Biz wanted to do with it is give you a figure that was too big to just put in a package or maybe too expensive to sell as a one-off in a box. So this is the line where we got, like you said, the Sentinel, the Galactus, the 12-inch Giant Man, a huge Apocalypse. All four of those are 12-inch and bigger figures. And yet... Just to put it in perspective, smaller than the Sentinel and the Galactus that Hasbro put out for the three and three quarter inch scale. When they did the six inch Legends, Days of Future Past, Old Man Logan with a Sentinel, that Sentinel is bigger. Yep. And I, I think they did that on purpose. It's like, I mean, everybody at Hasbro knows what came before. So it's like, if we're going to put out a Galactus, we're going to put out a Sentinel, we got to go bigger. And so, hey, since it's not a build a figure, might as well make it as big as you possibly can to put in a box. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I think, honestly, the most iconic one of these is MODOK, thanks to all of the Marvel What The stop motion animations they did. It's a great figure, and it's one that I feel like if Hasbro hasn't already thought about it, they need to be thinking about it because it's been over 15 years since that figure was available. And it's not a bad figure. I mean, if they just wanted to, if they had the molds to that for some reason and they wanted to just put it back out, I'd be happy. But it, it's time for MODOK to make a return. I may or may not ask them about that every year at Comic-Con. So what's funny is you'd mentioned the big ones, Apocalypse, Giant Man, Galactus, and the Sentinel. Hasbro has released all four of those in some format. But you look at these front ones, Mojo, MODOK, and Onslaught, they haven't done any of those, right? Well, we did get a, that Red Skull version of Onslaught uh, a couple yeah. years ago. Yeah, but but not this cool insectoid insectoid version where it's you know got the funky kind of cloven hooves and mismatch of robot and sentinel. Like it could have been a better figure, is what I'm saying. The yeah. one that we got ended up being a basic big body, but not a new sculpt. Yeah, and with Mojo and Modok, you're dealing with a couple of my favorite characters just from comics. So. 
Hasbro, there's three to add to your list of to-do. Most definitely. And speaking of Hasbro, I think it's time we move on to the main event. Because, like I said, like Toy Biz, they started it all. They gave us great products, great build-of-figures. But it's now time to look at the huge line of Marvel Legend build-of-figures. Now, you guys have had access to these slides and everything like that. But just an honest assessment. If somebody come up to you at Toy Fair or something and say, like, Hey, we're taking a quiz. How many Build-A-Figures do you think Hasbro's done since 2007? What would your guess be? 2007 is 2019. I'm going to say 36. Honestly, if I didn't think about it too hard and think about how many waves they've been putting out and how we've been getting over 100 Legends a year, if I were just throwing out a number, I'd probably have said 25. Yeah, and I think I might have gone a little bit higher than Marjorie. I probably would have been somewhere in like, you know, the low 40s without really thinking about it. But I got to tell you, I'm floored. Going through this, come to find out, there's been 57 unique Build-A-Figures since the beginning of this line in Hasbro's hands. Holy crap. So that's 50 more. (laughs) Exactly 50 more than Toy Biz. (laughs) (laughs) So we start off here in the early days of Marvel Legends at Hasbro's hands. And one of the things I really enjoyed going through this was kind of the evolution of the logo. They keep changing this logo There's been four different versions of the Marvel Legends branding throughout the years. And I gotta say, it gets better every time. Like, this first one I'm looking at, it's like, oh, that just feels old. That feels kind of like a tabletop game or something. Yes, I was just thinking that it looks like something I'd see at a game store with that old-timey font for Legends. Like, it's Legends of the Fall or something. It's very He-Man-y. Yeah, it's got like a mythical type of vibe to it. So I'm glad that one didn't stick around too terribly long, but... The first figure that they decided to put out is Annihilus. And I gotta say, this one feels very toy busy. It still has the articulated fingers. It's got articulated toes. It just, if I had this figure on my shelf right now, I would almost think it was a toy biz figure rather than a Hasbro offering. Well, since a lot of the people, and I understood the molds did go over, this could have been something started in the toy biz era, given that it was one of the Hasbro's first out of the gate. Oh. That's very, very possible. But I remember when this came out, I was not collecting Legends, but we were running toy forums. I remember complaints. He's too normal-sized a figure. Toy Biz put out an Isles on their own. Why did we need to build a figure for this? Where's the Giants? Yeah, and, you know, for, for the first offering, you know, Hasbro's probably like, oh, what have we done? Like, we, we just did a small figure, and people aren't too happy. But enough people were happy that, that the line kept going. And they decided they were going to go big, but almost <laughs> not not big and tall, but just well, big. technically big and tall. I think that's where he got that onesie. But is this the only action figure in history with defined cellulite? Oh, brother. <laughs> I remember this one being tied to, obviously, an X-Men wave. And it was one of those ones where... I think I'd kind of picked it up here and there because I wasn't super collecting everything that came out at the time. I was kind of like picking characters that I liked. And then it got to the point where I was like, oh man, I really only need Blob's leg. So I'm going to try to figure that out. And I think it was the movie version of Juggernaut that I needed to complete it. And I remember finding it like four or five years after that at like a Ross store. (laughs) I'm like, oh wow, perfect. (laughs) I'm able to complete my Blob figure. I remember that specific figure hanging around Walmart a long time. Because I was interested in it just because it was from X-Men The Last Stand. Yep, but this is definitely one that needs a re redo or an update. Perhaps without the stung by a bee jaw. 
I mean, I get it. He's overweight, but that looks like, I don't know if you guys have seen the movie Pure Luck. I do think he looks like he's having an allergic reaction in the chin there. Or he's like a little squirrel who's got all the nuts packed away to go take them to the tree or something. (laughs) He could almost be confused for like a modern day wrestling figure or something. I mean, he's got like the singlet on. (laughs) Yeah. And again, I look as I can see in this photo of yours there, the articulated fingers again. Yep. That's a concept they kept going for a little while. We'll find out when they decided to drop that. But, you know, I'm not chomping at the bit for a new blob, and this one kind of holds its value. You see people that collect X-Men getting this blob as its only representation out there, but... I saw it sell for about 150 the other day on Facebook. Yeah, see? Because it's the only one out there. And without without a new movie that has a new blob character in it or something, like, I just don't know that there's a huge demand to get just another blob on the shelves, but we'll see. Then we have the Brood Queen. Oh, I need this Build-A-Figure. This is the only figure on the entire slide deck I did not know Hasbro made. I don't know, remember this wave, but that is an awesome-looking toy. <laughs> it, it was a Captain America wave, and the thing that I remember about it is I think it was probably the hardest Build-A-Figure to, like, buy unless you knew exactly which figures you needed. Like, if it was if it had been months since you had seen one... Because every piece looked the exact same in the package. It's like they all look like an insect leg, no matter what part you were getting. (laughs) I can see that. (laughs) It's got limited articulation, if I remember correctly, because I I never did finish it. I think I was missing the head, and I think I eventually let it go because I wasn't going to waste all the time and money just figuring it out. But yeah, it's a good-looking figure. But then we start getting into what I feel is going to be Hasbro's signature Build-A-Figure program. And I think they did this without knowing that they were kind of setting the precedent. Just a basic dude. All right, we're getting Ronan (laughs) the Accuser as a -a Build-A-Figure. It's like, okay, all right. It's not a big blob guy, and it's not a big insectoid, and it's not something with wings. It's just a guy, you know? So That's the thing is Build-A-Figures changed from being something special that you couldn't buy for a long time it was buy six figures get one free kind of program yeah it's a good way of putting it but yeah this is this is Ronan the Accuser obviously comic version and I remember people kind of being kind of lukewarm on it at the time but for whatever reason it felt like maybe five six years ago maybe it was the Guardians of the Galaxy was coming out people wanted to complete this guy I'm surprised with two Guardians movies being huge successes and Captain Marvel, they've never re-released a comic Ronin. Yeah, I'm sure at some point we'll see him again. And then we get straight up into the first time they cross over into the movie lines with the Spider-Man 3 Sandman figure, which... Oh yeah, I I see the Thomas Hayden Church there. Yeah, the head's there, the sculpt's there. It's just less of a -a Build-A-Figure and more Build-A-Statue. You know, the pieces were weird. I have this wave, but I have not yet opened it. But looking at it, I mean, it looks like there's some good arm joints there. And there's a whole lot of segmentation going on in the legs. I don't know if those are joints. (laughs) No, they're not joints. It's just where you pop those individual pieces together. So, yeah, it was basically only articulated at the arms and the neck and stuff like that. Maybe the waist. But that, that bottom half was basically just a statue piece with that was cut into small enough pieces to put into a package. But, I mean, it looked pretty good. Like, they made it look like sand. I don't like sand. <laughs> Wait, wrong franchise. <laughs> then this one, 
I think I'm going to let Arnie talk about because I know this is Arnie's <laughs> favorite number one. If we had to make a top 10 list, this would be number one on your list. Of the Hasbro era, I would say more than likely yes. But I have like three of these just in the room I'm in. Uh, one legit and two knockoffs because I keep threatening to break out some orange paint and paint it as the variant they never made. <laughs> I, in fact, just stumbled upon <laughs> that photo today that I took of their presentation in O. Nine, I believe, where they talked about painting him orange and putting him in the MU three and three quarter inch line. Vonner revealed on this show years ago it was going to come with a Howard the Duck figure as a Comic Con exclusive. But yes, I picked up this wave for a song too. And this wave is like one of the most expensive waves now. When you hear people talk about buying the Fing Fang Foom wave, it was all the Hulks. They had She-Hulk and Gladiator Hulk and Maestro Hulk, I believe. And there was the San Diego Comic-Con pack where you got them all early in a big white Fing Fang Foom box. And some e-tailer who was a sponsor of our show gave me a 30% off anything on their shop coupon. I don't think they expected me to go to the Fing Fang Foom box set from San Diego Comic-Con and drop the price on that 30%. But yes, <laughs> I did indeed do that. I do love this figure. <laughs> well, I mean, finally, it was a return to what, what people thought the Build-A-Figure program should be. You buy a bunch of figures and you get big parts and you build a huge figure. I mean, this guy's like, what does he stand? Probably like 14, 15, 16 inches tall? I'd say about 14 to 15, yeah. Nice. You know, and I think that's what a lot of fans were waiting for. And like and like you said, with it being an entire wave of Hulk-themed characters, th that's going to be popular anyway. You know, I mean, Planet Hulk is still one of the most popular Hulk figures out there. And to have a whole wave around it, I think Absorbing Man originally was in that line too. So it was a, it was a cool wave of figures. Forget the Build-A-Figure, and then you add to it a cool big Fig Fang Foom figure? Hell yeah, it's going to be the most popular thing ever. The only thing I'll say is I think Fing Fang Foom does scale better to the three and three quarter inch. I know he came out in the Legends line, but by 08, three and three quarter inch line was there. And I just feel that if you put a six inch figure next to Fing Fang Foom, so I think he's a little small for a six inch figure. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Probably better in the three and three quarter inch line. But still, uh, the articulation, the sculpting, the fact that they've never brought him back out, the never finished that orange one with the purple pants, I need to bug Dwight about that some more. I mean, just to quickly speak about the continuing popularity of this figure, this is one of the most highly knocked off figures still to this day. Like, go search on eBay for Fing Fang Foom KO, and there's plenty of them out there. That's I got one. I was more than happy to get one. <laughs> if I'm going to customize one, I'm not customizing a real one. Right? <laughs> And then I would say, coming in quite hot after that, Target had an exclusive line that produced the Red Hulk figure. And to be honest with you, I like this mold. This mold was also used in, it wasn't yet, it was to come out, the uh, Toys R Us 2 packs with the Green Hulk, different head. Mm -hmm. But it was a good sculpt at the time. But now that we were getting these other Hulks, I can't wait for a Red Hulk version to come out with these new bigger bucks that they're doing. But up until a year ago, I was hoping they'd re-release this figure because there's so many people that didn't have a chance to get him because he was a Build-A-Figure and hard to get. I remember when we started Marvelicious Toys in 11, you would talk with reverence about the Red Hulk Build-A-Figure. <laughs> I still, I mean, I still look at it and just like am in awe at it. You know, I mean, it's got its flaws. You know, it's got the ball joint hips that I'm not a huge fan of, but the rest of it is just a thing of beauty as far as the sculpt goes. 
But a lot of people think it's a little undersized for a Hulk figure as well. I've always just felt that the chest was a little bit angular. I felt that way about the green one. It was one of the first legends I got of the modern era. And it always just looked like a video game where they didn't have enough polygons to render the chest right. <laughs> it's funny because I think that's kind of what draws me to it is it, because it does have like just a slight tinge of like an anime feel to it. Mm -hmm. And then not to be outdone, Walmart got themselves an exclusive Build-A-Figure series that you could build Ares from. And boy, oh boy. And this was one of the most expensive secondary market figures for a long time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, obviously, this is one that Hasbro knew about the secondary market price on. They teased this for a while with... They gave us a three and three quarter inch version of them. It's like, oh, that's great. What about six inch? And then they gave us a build a figure like the All Father that had very similar legs to this. It's just like if you had if you had parts that you couldn't finish from this wave, you might try those legs. It didn't quite work out, but no, they eventually did hear us and they released Ares in 2017 with I think a very nice upgrade to them. New legs, new paint job, and you know, I mean, they used enough parts to probably keep the cost down. But I think when you're going to re-release a figure like this, this is the way to do it. Yeah, I mean, I think they just took the opportunity to, like, update the legs. And it might have just been, like, the lower legs even, too. I do think that they got the flesh color much better in later years, too. It's not as, I don't know, pinky? Yeah, silly putty-ish color. Yeah. And then this is the one that I definitely remember, for whatever reason, just buying on site. Because I think there was rumors that it was the last wave of Marvel Legends ever. I mean, I think we knew this at the time, that the line was going away. So if you liked it, pick it up. And I remember seeing a, a display case at Walmart with these in them. And I was like, all right, I'll buy it and I'll build myself a, a Nemesis figure. And I think it was the first time I ever bought a whole wave at once. And it felt really, really crazy. I mean, spending $13 each. Several years later, I would still be finding Movie Beast and the Nemesis Wave Punisher, and I think Daredevil, all on deep clearance prices. <laughs> because I didn't start <laughs> buying Legends until the revival of the Wave, and several of these were still sitting around. Yep, and part of that too was because there was a number of variants in the line. You know, that, that Punisher had a regular version and then like a camouflage painted version. So if you weren't a completist, you'd pick your favorite version of Punisher and leave that other one on the shelf, thus making less of a market demand for that left leg, you know? But yeah, Nemesis ushered in the end of the Build-A-Figure series for quite a few years. Three. Yep. And like, like I said earlier, you know, they kept putting out Legends and it was few and far between. And I think it felt like they were kind of gone. And then like we got excited as two packs started showing up at Toys R Us as exclusives. We're like, oh, Legends are coming back but not with Build-A-Figures. So that's kind of what was going on for the rest of 09 through 10 and 11. And then at Comic-Con in 2012, they ushered in the return of Marvel Legends with that Thor in Molnir hammer packaging. Yep. I think that right there is the mark of the beginning of the modern line of Marvel Legends. And a new logo. Yep. That packaging itself had the old logo on it. But it was the last one with that on it. So I don't know if they maybe weren't too far into development yet. But if I could go back and change history, I would have liked it to have been the introduction of the new logo. Because it, it would just make sense. But now, yeah, we're into 2012. And the first one that came out. And this is, I think, the first wave that came out when we were actually a show covering Marvel Legends. Because I remember getting the Terax wave. 
getting them out, reviewing them, taking photos, and just being super excited that this had come back. And I remember really liking the wave, and it had a couple ghost riders in it, and the Steve Rogers in the blue and whites, and... Is it Captain Rogers? Yeah. Yep, and the variant with the clear shield one. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But this was all new to me. It was this that got me to be a six-inch collector. But yeah, this figure right here kind of holds a special place in my heart, because this is like, like you said, it's what got you on board and got you excited about it. And to me, it felt like the return of like, all right, we're back to collecting figures to build a figure. Even though it was Terrax, and, you know, looking back on it, it's, it's still a cool figure, and I'm glad they did it, but it just still kind of feels like a, eh, you know? Yeah, I agree. No part of me has sat around eight years later going, when will we get a new updated Terrax? <laughs> But they were quick to follow up with Arnie Zola. Arnim Zola. <laughs> <laughs> this was a really great figure and provided Arnie with lots of entertainment. <laughs> yeah, didn't you put your own face in one? Did you peel that plastic off? Or did we just talk about it? I didn't. One of our listeners did. Nice. <laughs> and sent me a Build-A-Figure Arnim Zola with me in it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and this is another one that did, obviously, more recently see a re-release in that two-pack that was just out earlier this year. And I don't know, like, were people chomping at the bit for a comic version of Arnim Zola that we needed a re-release on it? Or was they just see an opportunity to update it and make it a little bit better? I had heard people wanting one who had missed out. I mean, it had been seven years. True. I don't know that this new one fulfills that need. I mean, it's different arms, totally different face, very different color scheme. This almost feels like if you're playing Marvel versus Capcom as Arnim Zola versus Arnim Zola. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. This is costume variant B. <laughs> I, I think it's a good reuse of parts. Like you said, it's different arms, which I feel like makes it different enough that if you have both of them, you don't feel like you just bought a repaint. You know, so I, as a completionist, I do appreciate the differences in these. And then we get into 2013 and we get our first build a figure of the year. And it's a little bit bigger than what we've been getting. We get an Ironmonger, the comic version of Ironmonger. And this is one of those like, you know, seven, eight inch bigger robotic figures. And I remember being pretty excited about this because it's like, all right, we're getting, I mean, we're not back to the 12 inch huge, but we're getting back into those bulkier figures that feel like you're getting something more for your money. It is also around the time that they really started tying in comic waves with movie releases. Ironmonger was part of an Iron Man themed wave coming out right before Iron Man 3. Definitely. It's easy to forget that Iron Man 3 is coming up on seven years old. Wow. Is it? <laughs> wow. <laughs> and a lot a lot of these pictures that I'm using here are Hasbro's official like hero shots. And I th- I'm pretty sure this is a painted prototype because it looks like metallic paint here. But I distinctly remember this figure being cast in that kind of swirly blue metallic type of plastic. Yeah, we definitely had photo galleries of this and it did not look this cool on our old websites. <laughs> <laughs> But then with the next one, the pendulum really swung because we started with giant Build-A-Figures and then Hasbro decided, "Mm, let's go the other way with it. Let's put out a wave. Not all the figures will have Build-A-Figure parts and you're going to get a tiny Build-A-Figure and it's Hitmonkey. A mini Build-A-Figure. 
<laughs> I remember being so excited, though, by this design of this Reservoir Simeon here that I went out and I bought the entire Hitmonkey miniseries and read it so I knew more about this character. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> See, that's the tail wagging the dog where it's like you buy the action figure and then you learn about him. But people were upset again, you know? I, I don't know if that's unusual in the toy collecting community or if that's just a constant state, but... We'd gone from Galactus to Feng Fang Foom to Hitmonkey. I'll lay my cards out on the table. Like, I think it's cool when we get a huge figure, and I think that was a neat concept, but it's not something I expect every time. I think I can safely say I somewhat understand the economics of, like, you know, having to cut cost in one wave because you just went big on another wave. I mean, that, that just makes sense. So to keep the concept going, if they need to every once in a while do a smaller figure, I, I get it. I'm not going to complain, especially when it's something cool out of the blue, like Hit Monkey. Well, I think with the Builder figures, it's something that you wouldn't normally get. So I'm okay with either they're big or small, but they're special. You know, it's something that wouldn't go out in the regular line, that wouldn't make it, that might end up warming the pegs otherwise, or would turn off the casual collector kind of thing. Very good point, yeah. And, I mean, case in point, they just re-released Hitmonkey, and albeit a cool white suit, and it comes in a two-pack with Deadpool and a matching white suit. And I, I gotta tell you, if people were chomping at the bit for a Hitmonkey... I could still go out to any GameStop and pick up a pack. So if you missed it and you were complaining, here's your chance. Go get a Hitmonkey. And if you want him in a black suit, just grab some paint and make it so. I couldn't believe they re-released Hitmonkey. That entire Deadpool 2 pack is just unbelievably, awesomely unbelievable. <laughs> it's like, I can't believe they did that. <laughs> and it's so awesome, but it's so crazy. <laughs> they, uh 2013 also brought us comic rocket raccoon and i love his little it's almost like a little civil war outfit but i love this rocket raccoon i think he's fun and this was before guardians the movie and not a lot of people knew who rocket raccoon was and i think you know all of us we kind of tangentially knew who he was but he won me over with his little cuteness i loved the articulated jaw i just yeah. remember loving that jaw <laughs> And that he couldn't stand on his own unless he was a tripod with that tail. Yeah, he definitely needed the tail to, to make him stand because he didn't have any leg articulation. That bottom half is just kind of a, a sculpted statue. But they weren't done with this sculpt by a long shot. They, they were going to get their money's worth with this one because not only did they re-release it as a straight-up repaint for subscribers of Marvel's unlimited digital service, you could get the white-trimmed version of Rocket. I remember that. I remember seeing that at New York Comic Con and being very excited for it because that was after the movie and now everybody was on the rocket train. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they came out with it like kind of as like an introduction to like, hey, there's this movie coming out. Like Marjorie said, nobody knows how it's going to go. Like, is people going to hop on board for this movie? And it's like, oh, Rocket Raccoon is really popular. Let's get him out there again. But then they used the body again with the with a new head and a more kind of comic-y style paint job in the Entertainment Earth exclusive Guardians pack. That's the one with like the whole team. We get the ugly head Groot and the cool looking Gamora and the Star Lord with the classic helmet. Yeah, the, I've I have several of those because they went so cheap on clearance. Those things sat around for years. I think it's because they re-released so many figures so quick. <laughs> They just must have been on a roll with making smaller figures because the very next wave gives us Puck. Well, remember, the line was having some trouble at this point, too. It was around this time 
figures started disappearing. They'd show stuff in cases that never came out. They were cutting costs. These were still on the orange cards, and I think that's part of the reason why we got tiny Build-A-Figures. Wasn't this also when the staff started to switch on the Marvel team? That... CEO of Hasbro said, we're going to make less products. We're going to put out less SKUs. But isn't that also when there was a little upheaval in the staff? Yeah. Yep. Well, yeah, you're right. That's a good point. Because in 2013, they weren't fully dedicated to Marvel Legends. Like, we were still getting dedicated three and three quarter inch lines for each movie that came out. In 2013, we're getting, you know. Yeah, but it was starting to waver by 2013. Do you remember the Iron Man assembler figures? That was when three and three quarter inch started to die. Yeah. What year was that? Was that 2013, 2014? That was 2013 for Iron Man 3. Okay. (laughs) Yep. It just seemed like they were doing anything and everything at that point. And I mean, I think it's good to bring it up that Marvel Legends weren't as ensconced as they were. Like every wave could have potentially been the last wave we saw. But luckily for us, it's not. And six years later... Puck finally makes a return, and what, what do you think about this? They barely changed him. They just gave him kind of like a metallic EP. Didn't they give him a goofier face? Yeah, it looks like he's smiling in the new one, and I think it's merely how they painted the mustache. <laughs> it's very possible. I, I have not gotten the Alpha Flight series in yet, so I, had, I don't have this new Puck in hand to compare, so all I have is pictures online, but it's possible there's a, somewhat of a new head sculpt there, too. Yeah, I've got the Alpha Flight set. I was not one of the smart ones who waited for that Black Friday sale. I have it here. And, you know, it's a great figure. That's the thing. And these legends from 2013, some of those later orange carded ones are kind of pricey. I think it's good to get him out there as part of the team. And, you know, the fact that he could balance on one hand was awesome. But that was our last of what you'd call the middle era. Hasbro Build-A-Figures. Kind of like what we were just talking about. Like, they weren't really sure what they were doing with Marvel Legends yet. But we are coming into the later half of 2013 going forward, which is I'm going to call the final modern era, right? Like, we're going to start looking at the Legends logo that was on the box for the longest amount of time. This is when they changed the packaging to what we still have today as well. We now start getting the figures in a box instead of on a card. And this is when I remember being at San Diego Comic-Con and just the push they were giving. I don't know that it entirely took off immediately. We were still in a rocky time. But yes, starting with the 2014 Captain America, the Winter Soldier kind of wave. Definitely. And that was still in late 13. I think that was like one of those October releases that started hitting shelves in the fall and, you know, stick around till the new year. But maybe internally Hasbro consider that a a 2014 wave. But we start seeing some reuse of parts. We get legs from Ironmonger, possibly some arms, but a new body and a new head and some awesome accessories to build the Mandroid figure. I remember wanting to army build him, but he was a build a figure, so Mm. I didn't. (laughs) 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 there's always plenty of them in the dioramas at san diego comic-con whenever they put that up i'm surprised again you know this seems like a figure that with the shield logo and things could have found life in a re-release and did not yeah hydrobot or something you know what i'm saying like they could repaint this one into a couple different things and still get some more life out of it then back when amazing spider-man was still the spider-man du jour andrew garfield We got a Spider-Man wave that had a movie figure, but the Build-A-Figure was the ultimate Green Goblin. 
I remember it being like a good reuse of a Hulk, basically <laughs> with new feet and new hands. <laughs> Toys R Us had an exclusive Jubilee, which I think we've seen recently, haven't we had one? Yeah, she got a somewhat of a re-release yeah. because, damn, that wave was hard to find. Even at the time, I remember lucking out and getting an order in online. This Jubilee was going for hundreds. I think even just the storm from that wave is going for hundreds, and that had the Jubilee body. Yeah, I mean, it was a smaller wave, if I remember correctly. I think it was like five figures possibly maybe six like there was a strife storm wolverine which i don't think had a build a figure part so yeah this was a blink and you missed it at toys r us i would love to get an official word from hasbro why this wave is so hard to get like is there a warehouse somewhere with this wave just up on the upper shelf forgotten about because it was supposed to go to online retailers and they all canceled their pre-orders and it was online at toys r us like you said for like a few hours and then, like, a few stores got them in, but I never saw more than one wave. No, no. I never saw most of them on our local store shelves. I'd see a couple of the lesser figures sitting around. But, yeah, she was a hard-to-get figure. They did, just this year, come out with her as a figure. I almost don't dare call it a re-release, though, because it is so different. Yeah, she's got her casual clothes on. Yeah, I was going to ask you guys what you thought. I, I had to include her because it's the same character. It's, it is using some of the same parts. We've got the same coat and the same upper arms, but that's about it. So I, I personally would not call it a re-release, but I thought it bared a mention. You can get the character, but it is by far not the same figure. I Weren't they saying that was supposed to be like Vampire Jubilee back then? Because that was the storyline going on too. And now we've got more classic bubblegum jubilee mm-hmm. but just couldn't talk about jubilee and not mention the new release yeah i agree good call but by the time 2014 rolled around hasbro knew and so did marvel that people loved guardians of the galaxy and they had to start getting the stuff for this movie and they finally got us a build a figure that made sense and it was i feel like it's the first marvel movie build a figure that we've gotten i mean looking at yours yeah i would definitely agree but the guardians felt like the first time we got a full wave of almost entirely movie figures because they did the entire guardians roster there and you built the groot out of it yeah and you're right that's that's really it's a good memory that that iron man was weird that one stuck around for a long time kind of had that weird crownish finish on his head and like just the weird shoulder pads that had points on it I was completely convinced Iron Man was going to be Star-Lord's daddy. <laughs> yeah, not true. No. Not true. <laughs> <laughs> but with the sculpt this good, they couldn't help but re-release it a couple times. That 2015 EE one <laughs> is both the best and the worst. <laughs> <laughs> it does. It looks like it looks like a knockoff. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like horror jack-o'-lantern Groot. <laughs> And I get it. It's how the look, comic look is, was back then. He was more craggly, kind of like yeah, the Christmas ornament I have up here from Gentle Giant. But it was 2017, though, the Toys R Us re-release, where I'm like, wait a second. I bought a whole wave for that figure. You put a new head on him and sold him to me again. <laughs> but be honest with yourself. I mean, I bought that re-release because of the new head, but also... Come on, you got two baby Groots. We got potted baby Groot and toddler baby Groot. Yeah. And the mossy paint job. I mean, it's interesting to me when they do a build-a-figure re-release 
upgrade. We're going to be talking about more of those as we go through. But next up, a Build-A-Figure that I did end up getting two of, and there weren't places... I didn't buy the parts because they were going for almost as much as the figure, so I bought some extra figures. Odin and King Thor. You basically had different arms and head to make the figures there. And the photography makes them look like they're different colors, but I mean, they were the same torso and things. Yep. You know, I tried using my Photoshop skills to even them out, but you know, you can only work with the source material you have. And (laughs) you're right. They are the exact same figures, except for a few parts. Like you said, the head, the left arm and some accessories. Yeah. The cape. Oh yeah, that's right. Different capes. And I still remember to this day, wishing that Hasbro had included a little map with these to let you know which arms went with which figure, (laughs) which head went with which arm. (laughs) It's whatever you want, whatever you think looks good. (laughs) Endless possibilities. 2015 also brought us a Hobgoblin build-a-figure with real flame effect. I believe this was tying into Amazing Spider-Man 2. I believe so, yes. But obviously, comic version here. And hey, you know, when they do a -a build-a-figure... If they're going to make something that's completely new sculpt, I'm for it. You know, I don't think there's any reused parts here. You know, new boots, new legs, all new upper body, wings, all of it. it but yeah, I mean, as far as Builder figures go, it, it's a cool addition to, you know, Spider-Man's rogues gallery. It's it's a cool hobgoblin. But then we start getting into some of the Thanos stuff. Because to me, when I think about Builder figures for whatever reason, it's like, how many times have we gotten Thanos? So it feels like we've gotten a bunch of Thanos, and we'll get there because we have, but just different versions of him. But the first time we saw Thanos, he was a -a Build-A-Figure. You know, this was obviously still three years before Infinity War, but after Guardians 2 had come out, fine, I'll do it myself. Everybody's getting excited for Thanos. And so, yeah, we get the Build-A-Figure, but I remember that hunt for that Walmart one was a pain. Oh, my God. We went 45 miles, I think, in each direction looking for him. We finally found him at a little half an hour off the interstate Walmart. And they had, like, a couple. And then months later, you found him at one of our Walmarts. That one, like, it came out and it was gone. And then, like you said, months later, they just started showing up again. Like, they must have found some extras or I don't know what. But he became less hard to find. But it was a good upgrade. Like, I like this more vibrant color. Especially since it's the comic version. Plus, you know, you get the Infinity Gauntlet and the non-smiling head, too. Well, the smiling one, they made his teeth too colorful. On the Walmart one, yeah. Yeah. It looks like from 2015 to 2018, he started using some of those whitening strips. (laughs) With just a snap. But let's not forget, 2015 was the year of Age of Ultron and my obsession with a very specific Iron Man armor. And the Build-A-Figure here was, I have like three of them sitting around this room as well, and none of which are knockoffs. There was the regular one that's right there on the table. Oh, that one. (laughs) Yeah. And then I got the UK re-release. Remember that? Yep. They did like a greatest hits line. Uh Uh-huh. And gave him a much better paint job. Yep. But then this year, that paint job kind of came stateside. While still different than the UK release, with the 10 years, we got the Hulkbuster pack that some people were picking up very recently, very cheap. Yeah. A lot of those things, you know, they put them out there to, I'd say, a fair price. 
but it's pretty penny, you know? I mean, you're not going to walk into Target and just accidentally buy a $90 pack of figures, you know? I mean, you have to specifically want that. And some people got lucky that every once in a while, Target would wait and put that out right around the time that they're being clearanced nationally for some reason. <laughs> so people are walking out with $20 Hulkbuster packs. But I would say they still haven't nailed this paint job yet. Like, I feel like it's a great sculpt. I just feel like there needs to be more detail painted into this thing. Let's wait for release number four. Maybe, but like now there's the Mark II of the Hulkbuster armor that I'm sure they're going to move on to at some point. 2015 also brought us Ultron to go with Hulkbuster. And I remember, again, after getting a Hulkbuster, being so excited by that, the Ultron was a good enough figure. Yeah, it was fine. I mean, they nailed the sculpt and the likeness. They did a great job, but like build a figure. I mean, I guess if I'm okay with Groot being a build a figure, why would I be any different about Ultron? But I feel like they thought they might have rushed it a little bit and maybe not had all the information when it was time to go to production with it because they did re-release it just a couple years later in the this Marvel Studios 10th anniversary line with an upgraded paint app. And I think, was it a Best Buy exclusive or did it just kind of start there? It just started there. And if you're looking for him, brand new, he's 15 bucks on Amazon right now. Nice. Yeah, so if you never got this Build-A-Figure, I think this is the perfect way to get this out there for somebody who missed it. And it's a better version than the one you would have spent $100 building. So more power to you. If you're late to the line, sometimes it pays off. Yeah, Dwight said about a couple of these, another one we'll talk about later, they're still tweaking CGI up till the last minute. So because they have to get the figure designed so much ahead of time, what they are able to come out with at first may not match the movie and they're able to go back and get it right with some of these re-releases. But again, if you really wanted the movie Ultron and you bought figures you didn't necessarily want to get some Ultron parts... Yeah, you might be kicking yourself three years later. <laughs> now, this next one is one that surprises me that they have not re-released yet because it is one of the hardest to complete Build-A-Figures because it comes from a Spider-Man wave, which is usually pretty popular. And for whatever reason, I don't know if a lot of people weren't on board when this came out. At the time, I didn't have any problem putting the wave together. But like two years later, people are chomping at the bit to finish their rhino figure and i would have thought with like some of the ones we saw in that 80th anniversary line this year that they might have put out a rhino and spider-man pack like they did with juggernaut and colossus and stuff like that but they haven't yet so i think rhino is going to sit on this list as probably the one of the hardest to get build the figures yeah and he's had a huge increase of popularity there's been a lot of rhino stuff lately ever since he showed up in the ps4 game i know there's been a lot of statues and things for him and i ended up I used Dorkside Toys to get a second one of him so I could have both heads displayed because I just couldn't decide if I liked Wacky Head or Stern Head. <laughs> that Wacky Head is a little too... It, I think I said at the time, it still looks like Marty Feldman to me. <laughs> Igor? Yes. And now getting into the most recent era, 2015 and on, we did get, you're right, another onslaught, a very different onslaught. It's not, you know, hashtag not my onslaught. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean as the build a figure it came with the red skull head but i want to say it was a couple waves later maybe even a whole year later one of the figures came with the magneto helmet that would fit on this as well and some people play this onslaught with the magneto helmet yeah i do remember that came out with kitty pride in the juggernaut wave ah right so yeah this was another one where it's like that's almost an entirely different character Mm-hmm. 
I want to like this figure more than I do because, I mean, everything that I look for in a Build-A-Figure is there. It's all new sculpting. It's got some great paint apps. But at the end of the day, and I, I kind of remember us talking about this at the time we were reviewing it, just the plastic they chose or maybe just the fact that they didn't weather it very much, it just comes off feeling very toyish and plasticky. It's got like the same sheen that like Baymax does in his little red outfit. Yes. Very Baymax feeling. That, that's who this reminds me of is Baymax. We also got Absorbing Man with multiple arms and an alternate head there. So if you wanted the Michael Berryman looking head, you've got it. That's the Hills Have Eyes guy, right? Yes! The guy from the Smoking in the Boys Room video with Motley Crue. And he was in... Weird, Weird Science. Science. Yeah. It looks like him, right? <laughs> yeah, it, it totally does. does. <laughs> it's the bullet-shaped head. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> And, you know, as far as a Build-A-Figure goes, I mean, this is the buck you would use for this character. And it's, you know, we're seeing this ball and chain again that came with, I don't know, half of the Wrecking Crew figures and stuff like that. It's one of the most repackaged accessories ever. But but these legs, I feel like, were on a couple of other characters, too. And we'll get there. But, yeah, it ends up being mostly the Sandman build. Yeah, I was thinking those look like Sandman's pants, so... But yeah, it was a it was a cool figure. I did like if you're going to just give us a regular figure, you don't just give us a couple of hands. You're giving us entire limbs. Is he brown rock, gray rock, metal? Is he human arm? But you, I think we complained at the time. You could never get him fully human. There's always going to be one arm. Right. That left arm that was just fully human never showed up. This feels like it was intended to show up in a different format and like a San Diego Comic-Con multi-pack, but hasn't yet. That's a good observation. Like maybe there just hasn't been a, a whole crossover that he would fit into just yet. And then 2016 for Civil War, we got our giant man build a figure. And again, I was very excited for that one. He's a little bit shorter than the old Build-A-Figures for Giant Man, but a decentish scale, if way too small for what he was when he grabbed War Machine by the ankle. I thought he was in a Titan Hero this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, woefully underscaled, but like, also, it does feel like a throwback to the original days of getting that oversized figure. And, it, I mean, it's basically just that same 12-inch Marvel Legends profile that they do with some of these characters. So, hey, maybe maybe that's the way it started. Maybe this was just going to be a 12-inch release in that Marvel Legends series. But I don't know. I mean, I think it worked. But at the same time, I remember thinking, hmm, it looks like they didn't quite finish painting it. Like, there's parts on his legs that didn't get all the way up. And I think the back of him didn't feel too finished. And so when this year they announced at Comic-Con that they were releasing him as a single figure, and for only 30 bucks. That's what surprised me. Is 30 bucks for this big figure I thought was a good deal with an updated paint scheme, a little more accurate, and they said they fixed the boots. I haven't bought this new one yet, but it looks like they did fix the boots a little bit. You haven't bought this new one? I have three. <laughs> First of all, I had to have one to tear open and play with, but I love the package where you've got the Berlin airport behind him from Civil War, but it's like he's on his knees because the package is too small for him. It's, they have done some amazing packaging. I do have a Titan Hero Ant-Man that they did some great packaging with, and this one, I love the package. Yeah, and don't get me wrong, I will pick this one up, but it's just been, every time I see him, there's something that takes more priority sitting right next to it. I mean, there's been so many releases this year, 
especially exclusives and all these other two and three packs that I feel like this one's going to be around to pick up later on at that $30 still. So I will get them and I will appreciate it, but just, just haven't gotten around to it yet. Yeah. Maybe you'll even get them for 20 after Christmas. And then later that year we got space night venom. Yeah. Here's one that like, I kind of forgot about looking at him again. It's like, Oh yeah, I remember putting that guy together, but at the same time, it's like, uh, forgetting to build a figure Venom, this isn't the version of that character I would pick. So I was a little disappointed in that. But I mean, all in all, it, it's it's a cool looking figure. But this next one in 2016 is the one that really, really kind of confused me. Because in 2016, we get an Abomination comic style build a figure. And it's like, awesome. Going to put together a nice Abomination. And then for some reason, Hasbro decided, well, we're not going to just release Abomination once. We're going to release him twice. He's also in our exclusive San Diego Comic-Con pack later this year, the Raft set. But he's going to be a completely different green. They do that, though. I mean, quite regularly, we will see a -a Build-A-Figure or a figure in a different paint scheme in those San Diego Comic-Con sets. Being the same year, not unheard of. We'll be talking about another one in just a couple slides. Right, but this one I remember distinctly (laughs) feeling like they were out at the exact same time. Like, you could go to the store and pick up the wave to build Abomination across the street from Comic-Con after buying your raft set. I just like his little blue Speedos. (laughs) Oh, and then we have one of my favorites, Juggernaut. This was a really good figure, too. Yeah, we had him hanging around the desk for a long time. I do remember those rubber rings on the arms didn't like to stay all the way up. This one shows that Hasbro is listening and realizing what people want because this was another hard-to-get figure for a while, you know? Completing the Juggernaut was a little bit tricky. There, It was a X-Men wave. I can't remember which one of those figures ended up being hard to find, but there's a lot of people missing, like, a left leg for, for Juggy. So just this year, the 80th anniversary line, they re-released him with an updated paint scheme. I feel like he's a little bit more comic-y. Maybe it's just the brighter paint scheme. But I'm just now realizing that not only do we get, you know, the unmasked head and the alternate hands and the the broken helmet, but his regular helmet seems like it's different. It's that more classic, wider, less dinged up version of the helmet. But I think for, you know, that type of collector, you know, if you have to have both, then, you know, you might have to play the long game to get whatever piece you're missing. But I think as a stand-in, this is a good way to get a juggernaut on your shelf in your X-Men display. And he doesn't have a belt, so I feel like it's more original 60s Juggernaut versus modern Juggernaut. And then, of course, 2016 brought us the Doctor Strange movie, and we got our Dormammu build-a-figure that was blacklight-enabled. I had so much fun photographing him using a a key light and some blacklight and those glowy accessories in his hands. And... This is the first time that we got to build a figure after it had been released as an exclusive. So the year before, in 2015 at Comic-Con, they had that Book of Ashanti pack where Dormammu was part of that wave. And really the only difference was a slight paint change. I mean, it wasn't a huge paint change. The, The plastic in his head was a little bit different orange. But the big difference that you can tell just by looking at it was the skulls that he came with were completely different colors. Even though I think they're all Ghost Rider heads. (laughs) (laughs) I think they probably are. (laughs) Then we get another Sandman in 2017. Slightly different. He's more of an action figure. But he comes with, I guess those are alternate hands. And he does come up with an alternate head. It's no longer Lowell Mathers, though. 
Yeah, this is the classic comic book one with all the different types of weapons he normally makes when he's trying to kick Spider-Man's butt. I always did love the half-smashed face. Yeah, there's quite a lot of detail in, in that face because, you know, I mean, they, they reused the body like we talked about. This is that absorbing man body, so like not a lot of new parts. You know, they, they gave us some new arms and I think they spent the majority of their time and effort making sure that this head was spot on and it it's cool i mean it's really worth the price of admission i think which is good because again we'd gotten him the year before at comic-con <laughs> right and since the first one was an exclusive you know he was part of that raft pack as well i would have been upset being somebody who if i don't have a chance to get to comic-con and get the exclusives like we do i would have been upset if these were flip-flopped if the classic green shirt was the exclusive and this this kind of toned down sepia toned version was the build a figure i think i would have yawned at it i just remember when they were advertising the sandman because we knew he was coming and we pretty much knew he was a build a figure they're like and all these accessories you can just put them right on the comic-con sandman figure so he could have the hammer hand or the spiky hand hey and you know and it works out you know i just that raft one just feels less than the the regular release one to me. It feels like camo Sandman to me. It does not work as Sandman is completely sandy, but yet still wearing his clothes. And then we get into another Guardians of the Galaxy wave, and instead of giving us another version of Groot to build, they whip out Titus from the comics, and I'm going to lay my cards on the table. This is my least favorite Build-A-Figure of all time. <laughs> it's just so uninspired and boring, and I don't know if anybody was chomping at the bit to get a Titus figure, and one that just is basically on a standard buck with a different arm accessory and a tiger head. It just it feels uninspired to me. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, I'm always for any kind of mountain lion with a quad cannon for her hand, but... <laughs> You're always saying that, I know. I mean... <laughs> I mean, I, I never shut up about it. He looks like a sports team mascot that's shooting t-shirts out of that quad cannon. <laughs> you know I'm right. Uh, you are completely right. <laughs> Comes out at halftime, shoot four shirts at once. <laughs> the thing is, this also came at a period where the waves were hitting us so fast. It was like the beginning of the year and between the Titus wave and then there was a Warlock wave and I remember building that and remember all the Warlock was a pain to build. Like the parts kept breaking. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Warlock, he is the very next character on our list and... This one checks all the boxes that I think we were just kind of talking about. The last one didn't. It's like, okay, kind of a character, you know, most people aren't even hoping for. But once you see it, it's like, oh, yeah, that's pretty cool. All new sculpting, some cool looking paint finish. I really want to like this figure more than I do. It just feels kind of wobbly and not very well produced, but it looks cool. Yeah, they put all their time on the paint and not enough in the actual making. Yeah, just wobbly joints, and it just feels rickety all the way around. And I, I thought maybe I had a bad one, but I remember you talking about yours was the same way. So it's there just must have been something going on with that particular production. Yeah, I remember I had to actually return a part or return a figure because of the part broke. And so I'm like, well, this is a defective product. So I, I exchanged. I didn't like steal. I just went and did a, this is broken. Give me a fixed one. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, around the same time, we were getting the Spider-Man homecoming wave with the weirdest build-a-figure ever, 
wings. <laughs> it is weird. It's a concept they haven't returned to yet, where it's like accessorizing a regular release figure with the extra parts. And I, I just don't know where else it would work. It's like, yes, this version of Vulture works without the wings and he works with the wings. So if you didn't want to collect the whole wave and build the wing set out, fine. You got a cool looking Vulture, but come on, it's Vulture. You need the wings. Oh yeah. I love this. It would have worked for me if you told me Vulture was the Build-A-Figure, you know, and you got all the parts. It was just weird that you bought Vulture as a figure, and what the Build-A-Figure was was the wing mech. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird concept. Maybe they'll go back to it again in the future, but it was a weird way to go about it. But at the end of the day, for guys like us, we're going to end up with a Vulture with wings. So if it's because I got a leg and a part of a wing, or if I bought the figure and put the wings together, the end result is the same. And again, surprised they didn't re-release that all together for the 80th anniversary. It felt like, or the 10th MCU anniversary, felt like that would have been a great opportunity to see that come back around. Right. With a Michael Keaton sculpted head, that would have been, you know, a nice little addition to that because, come on, it's Michael Keaton. He's in the MCU now. Let's get his head on a figure. Next up, we had Mantis, and this is Mantis from Guardians 2. Yeah, after the success of Guardians 1, they did another almost entire movie wave. Not completely, but a number of movie figures. And yes, we built our standard Mantis there. And this is one that I hear, I I remember a lot of people kind of griping about. You know, I guess they just don't feel the value is in building just a regular figure and since it's a female figure it's less plastic it's a little smaller so i can kind of see that but at the same time same sentiments as last time that i was just talking about it's like i'm gonna buy the whole wave anyway so if the end result is a a mantis figure fine yeah my thought was you could have just packed her with ego in that toys r us 2 pack and made the ego pack perhaps more valuable but no people want to buy a star lord figure and that's what the draw should have been on that two pack but i think that went on deep clearance when they closed anyway i think they still had a ton of those you're so right. It, not just that two pack, but like just the sheer amount of Star Lords they released in that time frame was just ridiculous. Like there was two different versions of Star Lord: one with his long coat, one with his short coat. Then they had that two pack, like you said, Mantis should have been in that pack with Ego. You're right. Good call. Now here's a wave that just didn't get enough love from me or our show, but this is in the running for my favorite build a figure here because. Everybody knows I like a good big man thing. <laughs> and that Defenders wave got so lost in the shuffle of San Diego Comic-Con and everything that was going on at the time, right before Ragnarok. We never got a chance to review him, but to see Man-Thing come into the Hasbro era was so cool. And I, I love this figure. It is well-articulated. It's well-painted. Yeah, I mean, they nailed it. It feels like they started with some of the Sasquatch body under there but like that's all they did is use it as like a base because everything else is sculpted over it you know and it's made to be a man thing it doesn't feel like they popped a man thing head on another body and just called it good this is a brand new figure just for you man thing fans next up we have gladiator hulk in 2017 still i liked him i think he was a good figure you needed a good hulk of scale for that ragnarok wave oh yeah they nailed it i mean this one is completely movie accurate and he came with the big accessories. He's got that big hammer that, not pictured here, it's kind of 
out of the frame, but <laughs> I think you guys, if you've seen the movie, you remember what I'm talking about, that huge, huge hammer that both him and Thor use. But Gladiator Hulk had no shortage of representation. You know, we talked about it on our last show where Figure Arts did a version, Mezco did a version, and I think Hasbro stands up there with both of them. I mean, for the price... Hasbro's is a contender in the Gladiator Hulk arena. Keep in mind, that price is $120 to build that figure. Yeah, but you also get awesome figures to go with him. <laughs> you, you get six accessories of full-size figures at that price. <laughs> then in 2018, to kick it off, we got Akoya from Black Panther, played by Denai Guerrera, who was from The Walking Dead. Michonne. I remember being really happy to get that character and we got Shuri in the main line, so it was cool to get Okoye as the Build-A-Figure. And that way was really popular, I mean, because of the movie. And that Killmonger figure, that was just a great wave all around. The figure itself, you know, after Man-Thing and Gladiator Hulk, it did feel kind of like Mantis, where, okay, you're just giving us another figure. Yeah, I mean, I think also making you question the value of it, too, is the way this was packaged. There was other female warriors in this series that were the almost the exact same body. So, like, you'd buy a female warrior figure, and right next to it is the body for this that looks exactly the same. There was, like, little tiny differences in maybe some of their jewelry, but they all did wear the same outfits. Yep. It's, it's one of those that I'm glad we got it, you know? I mean, if it's it had to be a Build-A-Figure, fine. I'm glad to have the character. I was glad to get the lizard figure we got that year, which feels ripped right out of McFarlane's Spider-Man comic. You know, this isn't your classic Kirk Connors lizard that you'd see in some of the Saturday morning cartoons. This is the deranged lizard that was tormenting. I think that was even the name of one of the comics was Torment back in that first five issue McFarlane run of just the adjectiveless Spider-Man comic. Yeah, I mean, all around a great figure. If I had to ding it for one thing is the weirdly articulated tail where it's like got a arm joint every couple inches and it feels very inorganic. No tail bends at those angles after straight runs. But, you know, it's in the back. It's a tail. The rest of the figure is... They knocked it out of the park. As I recall, he would not stand up well without that tail, though. Oh, no. With the articulated toes and everything and the weird angles with his knees and everything, it, it, it's hard to make him stand up for sure. Yeah. But we're back to building a Thanos, but this time we're doing the MCU version of the Thanos. And this one, I feel like, is another one of those ones, like Arnie talked about earlier, where Hasbro didn't have all of the concept art and all the materials they needed to build a complete accurate figure. Because even looking at this again, I'm getting memories of the feeling of like, is this a finished figure? Like it looks like cheap purple plastic and not a lot of detail in a lot of it. I think you got a photo of a prototype because at least he had eyes. I know he had eyes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he, he has eyes in this picture. It's just not the greatest picture, but the figure itself, I do still have sitting around and it's not much better than this picture. And I think Hasbro knew that because they were real quick to come out with a an updated version of it the same year in a, a Marvel Studios 10-year anniversary pack where they updated the paint and I think they gave it a little bit better purple color skin tone. Feels a little less toy blue and a little more fleshy purple. Yeah, compared next to each other here, the Build-A-Figure looks like a Titan hero with the plastic and the color, whereas the other one looks more movie-ish. Definitely. But also, the version of Thanos that I'm not too sure many people were all that excited about. It's like, come on, if we're thinking Thanos, we want Thanos in his armor, right? Yeah, not in, like, his lounging around the house clothes. Yeah, I'd almost rather have, like, the t-shirt version of Thanos from the beginning of Endgame. 
Retirement Thanos. <laughs> yes. Give them time. That's not that much to, for them to do. <laughs> There's a lot of part reuse there. <laughs> now, we did talk about the Alpha Flight series that came out, yet one figure not in that wave, build a figure from last year, Sasquatch. Yeah, in the Deadpool wave of all things, you know, fine, you know. Not a ton of tie-in together, but got to get Sasquatch out there. And I think... Sasquatch, Alpha Flight, Mutants, it's all the same, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, just kind of throw it in wherever you want. But like, <laughs> I think more people are going to be trying to put together this Build-A-Figure than any of the other recent ones now that the Alpha Flight pack's available. Next up, we have Cole Obsidian, which is one of Thanos' henchmen that we see in Infinity War. Yeah, and this one's kind of confusing to me because I feel like they started off doing a movie version and then just didn't have enough information to do it, so they called it a comic version. Because it still feels very much like the movie, but it's obviously not. Yeah, it's just kind of like vaguely, like if it's one of those things where if you squint your eyes, you're trying to recognize somebody. Is this supposed to be comic-based? Because they did the rest of the Black Order, and it's clearly movie-based. Yeah, and I mean, I stand him with the rest of that crowd as if he's from the movie, but no, this is comic-inspired. It's just not done in that comic-y color palette that they usually do. And it feels painted more like a realistic MCU version. As compared to their next Build-A-Figure, Apocalypse, which does not feel at all like the Apocalypse from the <laughs> X-Men movie. <laughs> That's not Poe Dameron? <laughs> This version of, of Apocalypse is not underrepresented in the, the entirety of the line. Like, I mean, Toy Biz did this version just in a much larger scale. The Marvel Universe did it in three and three quarter inch scale. And I felt he was a little kind of chunky in that version. I think this one kind of feels about right. They finally just got him on a big six inch buck with the proper accessories. And people had been asking for Apocalypse for a very long time at every convention I went to, so I'm glad they got him out and did him right. Also in 2018, we got the movie Into the Spider-Verse, but before that movie came out, by several months, they released the Build-A-Figure SPDR in a Spider-Man wave, and I didn't realize how much I would like SPDR for months <laughs> to come. Yeah, I end up not looking like anything that they used in the movie. I mean, the movie, they went with a completely different direction. But this as a Build-A-Figure, I think is cool. I mean, it's really walking that line of somewhere from like an anime out of the comic books, but it still feels very much like a Spider-Man. I think they did a good job with this character, even though I'm not too familiar with the source material. Okay, I'm not familiar with the source material, but this looks like a Mexican bootleg Spider-Man. <laughs> I mean, it is all from the Spider-Verse comic series. This was a Alt-Verse Spider-Man, but it was an interesting addition. You got to give Hasbro this. They don't always go for the A-list marquee stars. Very true. <laughs> but not so much the case when we got Monster Venom. I think this was the Venom everybody wanted with Wave that gave us Space Venom. Mm-hmm. They've done quite a few Venom releases over the years. This is by far my favorite. It just feels like a big, bulky version of Venom. And he, I mean, you can get him into some really cool poses, even though he's one of those bigger bucks. And the, the head sculpt is just amazing on this figure. Yeah, this was from another Venom wave that was kind of tying in with the Venom movie. I mean, there were no movie figures, but coming out around the same time, you know, and... Also had the spider ham in it, so I guess just basic <laughs> Spider-Man stuff going on there. So one time where I prefer them doing comic-inspired rather than movie versions, like, I'm not sure I want a Tom Hardy Venom figure. Oh, I do. 
I wasn't a huge fan of that design. But then we get another Deadpool wave and a chance for Hasbro to, to spread its wings once again and give us a figure with some cool articulated wings. We get Sauron. Who is it? I mean, are they kind of teasing like, hey, here's another dragony dinosaur-y figure. It's not Fin Fang Foom, but hey, you know, he's a lizard. Have fun. Yeah, it's it's no Fin Fang Foom, but I am always happy to head down to the Savage Land. I don't think, you know, when asked, uh, uh, people were asking Jesse Falcon when we might get a Savage Land Rogue or a Savage Land Storm figure to go with him. And he's like, yep, get to customizing because the answer is never. <laughs> hey, I mean, they did do a Savage Land type of thing back in the day, but that's kind of when the line was on hiatus and they were just kind of doing whatever. But And it was an exclusive. But yeah, we're, we're never going to get the skimpy, barely there outfits that people are hoping for. So we got another Build-A-Figure from Black Panther, and this time we got everyone's favorite Wakandan, M'Baku. M'Baku. It's just fun to say. It, it is. It is. Winston Duke, he's good. Winston Duke, he's lucky, because he didn't really do that much, and then all of a sudden, he's in Marvel, and he's M'Baku, and he gets the best lines in that movie. He does. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it's another one where it's, you know, your standard size figure. And, you know, if I would have got it as a regular release, great. If it's a Build-A-Figure, great. I just have to look at the, the detail and the amount of sculpting and painting that went into this thing. And it's a work of art. Like, if you haven't picked this one up, no Wakanda lineup is complete without M'Baku. And that wave felt like a make good for Black Panther. I mean, the movie was such a success. So many characters demanded from it. M'Baku may not have sold well on his own again. A good way to get that character in there. But then we were switching gears from the billion-dollar Black Panther to the billion-dollar Captain Marvel. Hard to believe we are still got, like, ten Build-A-Figures to go, and we're talking from this year, from the Captain Marvel wave, still sitting on my desk from when we reviewed it, <laughs> the Cree Sentry. <laughs> Which means I need to clean my desk. <laughs> and I have not warmed up on this figure at all. Like, matter of fact, if anything, I'm souring more and more on it. Just every time I see it, I'm just like, ugh, whatever. It does nothing for me. Then up we have Kingpin, which we should have had a Kingpin before this at some point, right? I mean, God knows we have enough daredevils. Like this Kingpin figure, the pinky ring, the walking stick, the face... And I did pick up another one from Dorkside Toys because not long after this, with that Professor X Rider figure, randomly, they include a Shadow King head for this figure. That's a great way to get a completely new figure out of this. And that's the Thanos you wanted. Armored Thanos. Helicopter blade and all. <laughs> Thanos copter. Yeah, I mean, doesn't this feel more like a Build-A-Figure? This feels more complete. Even though he's not in this armor a whole hell of a lot in the movie, it just feels more like something you'd want on your shelf rather than Lazy Sunday Thanos. This is the best Thanos movie they've done, period. I mean, I, I like the other outfit, but the paint, the face sculpt, the weathering on the gauntlets, this is the Thanos to go for. Agreed. And then Caliban. My mom always said, if you don't have anything nice to say about a Build-A-Figure, don't say anything at all. So I'm going to let you guys talk about Caliban. I mean, I liked this wave well enough with Jubilee, Gambit, Beast, but Caliban himself, he's perfectly middle tier for me as far as Build-A-Figures go, because much like you were complaining about with Titus, it's a big buck, you know, with a new head. I mean, Caliban... Looked very, very different when we saw him in the movie Logan. <laughs> but this comic-based Caliban is fine. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it works for what it is. Moving on, Professor Hulk. Mm, not as good as Caliban. I feel like he needs a cardigan. Yeah, again, I don't think they had the story down and the CGI down when Hasbro went off and said, we're going to reuse a Hulk body and make a Endgame Hulk here. I just wish he'd come with little taco accessories. God knows they've made enough for Deadpool <laughs> figures. Yeah, I mean, this figure, I mean, as a Hulk figure, fine, it's great. But I feel like it's a missed opportunity to represent what Hulk was in Endgame because, like, barely was he out of his shirt Barely was he wearing the ripped pants. And I do believe this is quite a bit of new tooling. I'm not sure that any of this has been used before. So they went to the trouble of making a brand new sculpt and nailing the facial likeness. It just doesn't feel representative of Endgame as far as Hulk goes. No, I think that other facial expression is from, I feel really silly, smash, mm-hmm. kick. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. And also in the Brothor wave that we'll talk about here coming up, The Iron Man comes with the nano gauntlet that fits on this Hulk. So you pop off his fist and then the the sleeve slips directly over his arm and it's a nice tight fit. It was designed specifically for this Hulk. So if you have this one, I would display it with the nano gauntlet. It looks much better. And then to tie in with Far From Home and that wave, we have Molten Man. It's very different Molten Man than we see in the comics, of course, but I liked that wave and this figure. It's not Hasbro's fault. It's more of just a design thing. It's just how asymmetrical this thing is, is just driving my OCD crazy. It's like one arm is way bigger than the other. One leg is way fatter than the other. It's a mess to look at, but it's well done as a mess. I mean, it's sculpted well. It's made out of a cool translucent plastic with a gold finish. So if you shine a flashlight behind it, it does look like it's glowing lava, which is kind of cool. But it's not something I was dying to have. What were you dying for, Wendigo? (laughs) (laughs) This one, I mean, I think it's fine. It's not as cool as the previous old release. There's something about the head that's just weird. But I can see what they're doing here. They're getting use out of that Sasquatch body. You know, they added a tail... Gave it a new head, different color. It works as a Wendigo. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about a very recent wave here that I haven't had a chance to open. I recently got. It looked good from the parts and what I saw at cons. And that kind of is the exact same thing with our last Build-A-Figure. My case came in this week of the Brothor wave, leading me to imagine... A bunch of people at Hasbro sitting there, probably with Jesse Falcon from Disney, going, well, we don't want to fat shame people, so we don't want to call him Fat Thor. We don't want to insult gamers and say, we all think you're fat and eat a lot of Doritos, so we don't want to call him Gamer Thor. And like somebody says, what about Bro Thor? He never calls anybody (laughs) bro. He doesn't act like a bro. But that was the best (laughs) suggestion in the room at the time. And thus, Bro Thor (laughs) is what won as the least offensive name. I like that. I like Cheese Whiz Thor, though. You see, but that would be offensive. Somebody said Dad Bod Thor, and I thought that was a pretty good one, too. But somehow they came up with Bro Thor, which I think is insulting to bros everywhere. I'm a bro, but I don't walk around in slippers and flannels. (laughs) I'm okay with the name. I mean, it kind of conjures up images of the dude. So it's like, I'm I'm all right with that. And come on, what a hilarious build a figure. This is a sense of humor at Hasbro. I think it gets people talking. 
I remember being at Comic-Con and I just didn't believe this was a Build-A-Figure because it was in that wave with that enormous Iron Patriot that looked like it was big enough that it had to be the Build-A-Figure. No, you're you're building <laughs> Thor. <laughs> the sunglass version looks like uh, Jim Morrison in the later years. Oh, it does. You're right. So that is 57 Build-A-Figures discussed. And God, we already know of so many more coming. Hasbro is not slowing down. They announced Strong Guy and Super Scroll and Crimson Dynamo. And, you know, I cut it off here because this is the last official release for Hasbro and they have the Spider-Man wave marked as a 2020 line, even though it's starting to hit now at the end of the year. So I, I wanted to draw a hard cut off and I thought Brothor was a good end representation of our look back at all the Build-A-Figures. And so, like, Arnie, what you were saying is, you know, from 2007 to 2019 is the Hasbro era, and they've done 57 total Build-A-Figures in that time. Holy Insane. crap. And out of all of those, 51 of them have come since the 2012 relaunch. So in, in eight, seven short years, we've done 51 Build-A-Figures. And since that's one per wave and approximately six figures per wave... That's what? We're looking at over 300 mainline releases of Legends. Mm. No wonder I had to stop displaying everything and keep stuff in totes nowadays. It's a math problem. It's not a space problem. Wait until you get your first storage unit. <laughs> but I did. one other stat that I thought was interesting is, is that out of all of those, out of 51 of them, 15 have been re-released or repurposed to some degree. That's not bad. And, you know, looking back at all these, there's not a whole lot of them. I mean, there's maybe four or five more that I think could stand to see a re-release or something put out again so people could have a chance to get it again. But I kind of like what they're doing. They're keeping the majority of them what they were meant to be, a little bit harder to get items for the hardcore fans. Because in the past few years, that's one thing that I noticed with your slides, is the re-releases that have happened have all been pretty much 2015 on. It's like they didn't do re-releases for a long time, and then when they re-released Rocket and Groot and things, it really started to accelerate. But because of that, I would have guessed that they'd re-released most of the BAFs. But again, I wouldn't have ever guessed that they'd done nearly 60. So, yeah, the fact that only 15 are re-released, and most of them seem markedly different. Maybe not Groot, maybe not Ares, but, you know, Sandman, Jubilee, Juggernaut, these are all pretty different figures there. And, like, with Giant Man, that's kind of the same, but an upgrade, same with Ultron. I just, it felt like more re-releases had happened, but... Man, this is an incredible look back to just step back and look at this as a whole. A toy line that had 57 figures. So just the build of figures alone makes an amazing toy line. <laughs> it really does. You could be a focus collector of just build of figures and have a very impressive collection. So Justin, thank you for this walk down memory lane. 57 figures, four logos. <laughs> Yeah, it was fun. I'm glad we finally did it. Maybe in another 10 years, we'll reconvene and see if we're at over 200 Build-A-Figures. Well, we're going to reconvene in just a couple weeks. And we're going, to, since we haven't been able to open and review all of our Legends this year, we're going to do a best of 2019 Legends show next. So let us know in the forums and on Facebook and in the comments, your thoughts on what the best figures, the best Legends are 
from this year. Best multi-pack, best build-a-figure, best individual legends. We're going to be talking about all of that. Yeah, that'll be fun. So all that and more on the next Marvelicious Toys. Thank you for listening to this episode of Marvelicious Toys. There's even more Marvelicious content at our website, MarveliciousToys.com. You can see pictures of the products we discussed, find checklists for collectibles, and read articles on Marvel movies, comics, and collecting. It's all at MarveliciousToys.com. You can also help out our show by telling your friends to listen by posting on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or in person. We would also greatly appreciate a five-star review written on iTunes. A link to our iTunes feed is at MarveliciousToys.com. We want your feedback. You can email us at show at MarveliciousToys.com or find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Find all those links at our website. If you also like Star Wars, Star Wars Collecting is covered at our other podcast, Star Wars Action News, which you can find at SWActionNews.com. Marvelicious Toys is produced and edited by Artie Carvalho. Associate produced by Jason Latham. Video editing by Barrett, Andrew, and Daryl. Graphic design by Justin. Photo editing by Jeff and Curtis. Announcements by Brock. If you want to hear reviews of every movie ever based on Marvel Comics, check out those reviews and hundreds more on the Now Playing Podcast at nowplayingpodcast.com. Marvel Comics and all of the Marvel Multiverse contains are the intellectual property of Marvel Entertainment Incorporated, a subsidiary of the Walt Disney Company, and no infringement is intended. Marvelicious Toys is a Venganza Media production, copyright 2019, all rights reserved, and no part of this show may be reproduced, repurposed, or redistributed without the written permission of Venganza Media Incorporated. question is why does a lizard need pants because you don't want to see the lizard's lizard but you do in the green <laughs> he was going to the beach okay <laughs> I, I don't know that i want a tom holland venom figure uh, tom, Not Hol- tom holland, tom holland venom no you mean oh god what's his name tom hardy tom, tom- hardy